Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's August the 16th, and we hope you're having a great morning. I'm Tim Wildman with uh, Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. And Chris Woodward. Good morning. And Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, any uh, any uh, nice weather for you this afternoon for your bike it, ride? It's raining here in Kansas City. Yeah. We have not had much rain this summer, so in uh, the good thing about it, besides the rain, is the high temperature today is going to be 68 degrees. Wow. It, it's sweater weather here in Kansas City. It's sick high as 68. We've been up around 100 a whole lot this summer. Did y'all not get the uh, global warming memo? Because We did, but we but we forgot to read it. That's our problem, you know. We just went right to the, it just went yeah. right to the uh, but spam mid- file. Middle of August, 68 degrees. But it's headed to the southeast part of the states, too. Right, we're, yeah, you can. I think uh, uh, we're 78 tomorrow, right, Fred? Yeah, 77, 78 tomorrow, which is a huge change for us, too. Yep, so we, we, we hope, hopefully this means uh, things are cooling off. It's unusual. In, the, in August, that's usually like the hottest month for, for a lot of the country, but it looks like it's cooling off for a lot of us for the next few days anyway. I'll take it. We'll Amen. take it. You bet. Amen, brother. It's been uh, sweating weather where we are. Uh oh yeah. Uh let's see here. We got a lot to talk about. Dr. Frank Turek will be along with us in just a few minutes. And uh he's from Cross Examined Ministries and we're gonna talk to him. So we look forward to that visit. If you want to join us on what Ed calls that their internet. Go to YouTube or Facebook, type in Today's Issues. You can check us out there if you want to watch the live video stream on one of those platforms, although we encourage you to use ours, afastreaming.net, right? Right, Brent Creeley, our it's producer? streaming.afa.net. Yes, streaming.afa.net. Yes. My bad. Uh, streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. Check it out. And we have not been banned from that platform. <laughs> <laughs> we, not yet if we get a if we get a notice of being banned from our own platform <laughs> i don't know what to say you gotta watch brent he's yeah. he's keeping an eye on us yeah, great making, April Fool's joke making sure year. we're not giving covid misinformation over That's there right. i don't want to get our or say anything but you about, don't have to worry about covid if you have two vaccinations and two boosters all right all right before we talk about this here we go yes before we talk about this Nobody hopes anybody gets sick. Okay? No, and, that's and, right. no. Okay, so we're not we're not making fun of somebody being sick. No, but we hope, the, we hope people get better quick. Yes, absolutely. But the 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 backs booster backs booster backs booster backs booster people when mm-hmm. they get COVID, it's funny. Yes. Uh, it's funny, and yeah. not again. Nobody hopes them anybody to get sick. It'd certainly not be hospitalized, so we wouldn't we wouldn't want to make fun of or make light of a situation like that. But the but the COVID but the uh, 
The booster vax, booster vax, booster vax evangelist out there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What's ha- what, what's the latest, Fred? The latest is an announcement just in the last hour or so. First Lady Jill Biden. Jill G- Biden. Jill Biden has joined that club. Uh huh. Whoa. This morning, mild symptoms. We're very happy for the first lady on that front. Uh, she and her husband, President Biden, have been vacationing in South Carolina, and she was supposed to join the president, who's returning to Washington today uh, for a news conference, but she's staying back in South Carolina. She is part of that club. Wait that a minute. Is, she's <laughs> being, she gets to stay on vacation? Yeah, that's the punishment. Right? That's a, <laughs> that, you know, worst. Uh, South Carolina is a beautiful state. She gets a few oh, extra days on the beach. You know? Worst places. There are worse places to quarantine. That's right. And surely she's been vaccinated and boosted oh, yeah. and all that the oh, maximum yeah. number of times. Right? Oh, oh yes. It's- Please let me quote from uh, from her communications director, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Alexander. She's the communications director for the First Lady Jill Biden. Quote. The first lady is double vaccinated, twice boosted, and only experiencing mild symptoms. She has been prescribed a course of Paxlovid. Mm-hmm. And, Chris, she's following CDC guidelines, and she will isolate from others for at least five days. You know, what's interesting there is last Friday, the CDC said that you no longer have to quarantine if you've been around somebody who has tested positive for COVID-19. So I'm now wondering whether Joe Biden is going to follow what his CDC said last week, or is he going to himself going to isolate based on his wife? He had a couple weeks ago, he had, right. He had COVID. Then he didn't have it. Then he, then he had the, what to call a rebound Mm -hmm. COVID. And then he had it again, right? Didn't he? He had Wasn't twice. He? Okay. Yeah. Twice. And Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, he's had he's having his second round yes. of COVID. All these people are uh, multi-boosted. I mean, to the hilt. I mean, mm-hmm. they're in line the minute they qualify for another booster. It seems and, like it shouldn't be happening. If, if, the, if you have all that medicine inside you, right. it seems like. It ought to protect you from this. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 just what's what's the deal with this, Fred? And you know, you can just predict the press release or the press statement. Here's what they say. Every one of them. So and so, so and so has said uh, has tested positive for COVID, and thankfully they have been boosted and triple boosted, or they would be in the hospital on a ventilator. Yeah. Well, That's- everybody knows now. We we're into year two with all of this. And everybody knows now there is natural immunity. The science is showing that natural immunity. And if a person with natural immunity gets COVID, that doesn't mean they're automatically going to the hospital. They also have mild symptoms. Here's the problem. And this is why, you know, when we look at these stories that are coming up on Lloyd Austin and the First Lady today, these are the people who said that if you get the vaccination, if you get the shot, You don't have to worry about getting COVID. That's the issue here. You told us, you told us, the leadership told us, that if you take take the shot. Remember Joe Biden? Yes, he did say that. Take the the shot. It's the patriotic thing to do. Because if you don't, you're going to infect other people. Well, now we know fully vaxxed, fully boosted people can give it to somebody else too. May 13th, 2021 is when he said that. What What did Biden say then? That it's your patriotic duty. To get the vaccine shot. Yes. Yes. 
Well, point is they need to again. They need to drop all this. Uh, the forced vaccination. Yeah. Here's the th- thing. I, just to stay with Lloyd Austin yeah. for a second. In making the announcement yesterday, the official statement, but we're still forcing our military personnel to get the vaccination. See, it's not following the science anymore, guys. No, it's no, it's, it's bow the knee. It's bow the knee. You will bow the knee to almighty government, yep. or you're going to be punished, even if the science says otherwise. Yes. And what we're saying, so, again, it's, uh, nope, the, uh, they're getting COVID, the people that are have the been vaxxed and boosted to the nth yes they're all getting covid and they're spreading it Mm -hmm. so it doesn't keep you from getting covid the vaccine shots and it doesn't keep you from spreading covid yeah so what is the point what is the point what is the point of forcing somebody to put something in their body that they don't want to untested yeah let's remember experimental experimental so i don't know i if i were again i said if i were biden i would just uh, declare victory and move on just say that the the virus has lessened in its severity, and we're thankful for that. And it's going to be endemic. It's going to be with us for a long time. So we're not going to report every. T- this be like this would be like saying you test for a, the flu or a cold. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't know if you can get the flu. Like these people are getting. Can you get the flu twice in three weeks? I don't know. Never heard of that. Not uh, normal. You can get it pretty close to one another. Uh, I say that based on a family member having it right around Christmas, flu A, and then they had flu B in early February. That's not within a couple of weeks, but that's pretty close time. time is there frame. a flu C or is it just A and B? Uh, for now, there's just A and B, but give yeah. it time. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, we hope the first lady gets well, mm-hmm. but she's suffering mild symptoms. Yep. And... Uh, Poor thing has to stay on vacation on the beach. If I had to quarantine in South Carolina, I'd come back heavier because yeah. I would be eating nothing but barbecue. <laughs> yeah. You can quote me. I think North Carolina is the barbecue state. Oh, no, they have barbecue in South Carolina, too. Yeah, they do, but I didn't know that they were Now, North that. Carolina might invade, so that way they can you know claim all the barbecue rights for themselves. But. <laughs> all right, uh, you're listening to today's Issues on American Family Radio. Joining us now, let's talk about North Carolina is Dr. Frank Turek, who lives in the greater Charlotte area. He's the president and founder of Cross-Examined. Has a show on the weekends here on AFR on Saturdays and Sundays. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Central Time and Sundays at 4 p.m. Central Time. Uh, excellent radio program and very popular podcast. Frank joins us now as he does most Tuesdays. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. I wish I had a North Carolina accent, but I don't. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, I'm originally <clears throat> yeah. originally from New Jersey, so I don't I don't have the Billy Graham accent. I told Franklin <laughs> to come over. You know, I don't have that. <laughs> if I did, everybody would be saved. Yeah. Well, I always wondered why Billy Graham from North Carolina wanted all these mail to go to Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> you ever know? Huh? They. I don't know why they set it up in Minneapolis. Maybe right. one of one of his one of his executive directors maybe lived in Minneapolis and said, "Billy, I'll take all your mail up here." I don't know. <laughs> right? You know? Do you understand? Do you know the story behind that? Very early in his ministry, before he became world famous, he for a short time was president of uh, of of a Christian college. Now, a lot of people don't know that up there in the Minneapolis area, and so that's before the big crusade in Los Angeles. So in the late forties. 
Uh, he was up there in Minneapolis, uh, president of that college, and then preaching around the country. So they started a you know an office there, and then even after he he wasn't president very long there, but even after that, that was their headquarters for many years until they finally moved it there to North Carolina. Hmm. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, my dad, uh, who's the founder of this ministry, he got saved at a uh, Billy Graham crusade in Memphis wow. in the 1950s. Huh. I, I'd have Not to look up that. the exact date. But Billy Graham, uh, he probably still holds the record for – Attendance at uh, live events uh, for a Christian evangelist. Wouldn't you say, Ray? When you, uh, I, I, I would just think of who, who, who else would rival him, or who would rival him. I can't think that there would be anybody. He went around the the world for decades and preached to millions and millions and millions of people. I don't think there'd be. I can't think of who it would be if it's not Billy Graham. Billy yeah. Graham was the Tom Brady of evangelists. He was unri- unrivaled in his. Uh, and his uh, uh, the numbers of people that he reached. Well, he, it, go ahead, Frank. I think Frank. it was a period in the in the fifties, and maybe Ray, you can correct me. Whether it was the fifties or the forties, I think it was the fifties because the forties is really where he got his start. But there was a period in the nineteen fifties where he filled Madison Square Garden six nights a week for like hmm. sixteen weeks. Hmm. That's I mean, exactly can you imagine right. that. Nineteen fifty-seven. Was that it? it up. Filled it up for so long, they actually had to extend the crusade because so many people wanted to hear him. Wow. It, that's New York, New York City. City when? 1957? 19, yeah. 57, yeah. Do you know, um, I'm looking up, the. I'm Googling to see if I can find the date of the Memphis crusade that my dad went to. Uh, well, there's one in 1978, but I'll, I'll look and see what I can find. Uh, 1951? Hmm. Anyway, I'll find it in a minute. Here's the, here's the thing. When just uh, when I survey people that go on our tours, a lot of times I do this, and I ask them, and these are mostly baby boomers, okay. That uh, I ask them, <clears throat> how did you come to know Christ as your Savior? And the number one reason I always get is Billy Graham. Wow. Now, that, that's the number one uh, outside of, of somebody's family, like their mother or their father or their pastor, you know, they get saved in a growing up in the church, so to speak. But if you, if I, if when I survey people, how do they came to know Christ? The number one outside influence, I guess you could say, was they either saw Billy Graham on TV, right, or they went to one of his crusades. So. And the number of you know, the number of people, you know, it's interesting when when you ask Billy, Larry King, toward the end of Billy's life, you know, had him on a few times, and Billy, how many people were quote saved during your crusades? And he said, I can tell you how many people actually came, but how many were truly saved? Only God knows, which is of course the right answer. Yeah. But surely, millions upon millions upon millions of people are going to be in heaven because for. Decades and decades and decades, almost to his last day, Billy was preaching the gospel. Yeah, amen. 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 All right, Frank, uh, you've got a new uh, uh, DVD uh, video out. 
called? Well, it's actually, yeah, it's, it's actually on YouTube. People can see it for free. It's a short video. It's only three minutes and 38 seconds long. And it's called The Heavens and God Explained. And in fact, I just put it in the, uh, in the comments of the Today's Issues Facebook uh, page. And the reason we put this out, Tim, was because we want people to realize what Psalm 103 verse 11 means. Psalm 103 verse 11 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And the question is, how high are the heavens above the earth? <laughs> That's the question. And what we've discovered through the Hubble Space Telescope and now through the James Webb Telescope is that it's almost beyond imagination, beyond comprehension, how high the heavens are above the earth. Uh, in fact, just in our galaxy, the average distance between stars is 30 trillion miles. Now you say, how far is 30 trillion miles? Far. It would take you at least two <laughs> tanks of gas on a Toyota Prius to go 30 trillion miles. No, 30 trillion miles at space shuttle speed. When, when the space shuttle was up, it was going uh, five miles per second circling the Earth. Um, 18,000 or so miles an hour, five miles per second. If you could get in the space shuttle and go five miles a second, how long do you think it would take you to go 30 trillion miles? Anyone? Years. It would take years. You're right, Fred. How many years? Oh, not that much. quick, Frank. It's <laughs> on whether you had a COVID booster yeah. <laughs> or not. Right. Uh, I don't know what you tell us. It would take us 201,450 years. Is that all? That's wow. all. Well, well, That's just to go between, say, our star, the sun, and another star an average distance away inside our galaxy. This is wow. not outside our galaxy. This is inside our galaxy. And if you could go the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, it would take you almost four years <laughs> to get to the next nearest star. Now think about that. That's just almost beyond comprehension. In fact, if you could put our solar system, uh, if, if our solar system was represented by the size of a quarter, just a quarter, and so the sun is a, you know, a, a speck of dust in the middle of the quarter, and say Pluto is at the outer rim of the quarter, the next nearest star would be two football fields away. <laughs> and that's just in our galaxy. Now the question is, how many stars are there in the entire universe? The entire universe. The number of stars that are in the entire universe are about equivalent to the number of grains of sand on all the beaches on all the Earth times 100,000. Goodness. Now, now yeah. how do you get your mind around that? You can't. Yeah. Uh, we're and not to go from just one star to another star... Going five miles a second will take you over 200,000 years. What's your point? I don't have one. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Talk about leaving us hanging. <laughs> the point is, if God says, as he says in Psalm 103, verse 11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those that fear him, his love for us is virtually infinite. That's what it's trying to communicate. Yeah. I mean, the closest thing in our experience to... to uh, Infinity are the heavens, but the heavens aren't infinite. There's a limit to them. But when we think about 
the number of stars equivalent to the number of grains of sand on all the beaches on all the earth times 100,000. So grains of sand on 100,000 earths. Well, that's infinity. Yeah, that's what we get. That's the idea we get. Now, that's, that's only half the verse because, well, Psalm 103, verse 11 to 12 says this. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Mm-hmm. So he is actually, his love is infinite, but so is his justice. And so what does he do in order to remove our transgressions from us? He can't allow unjust people like us to go unpunished. What he does is he punishes an innocent substitute in our place, which is himself, actually. He adds humanity to his deity and comes to earth. So we don't have to experience his justice. We get his love, but not his justice by trusting in Christ. Amen. What a great salvation. Where can I watch this video? The video's on our YouTube channel. I just also put it in the... Today's Issues Facebook? Today's Issues Facebook. It's called The Heavens and God Explained. It's on the Cross-Examined YouTube channel. Okay. Just cross-examined two words. You'll have to scroll through. It came out about a month ago, actually. Um, hey, let me ask you a question. Yeah. And I'm just going to ask it. I don't... I don't... Okay. Is there a possibility that there's life out there? Yeah, there's always a possibility, but even atheists, if you ask them, who have investigated this, say the probability is low that there's intelligent life out there. In fact, I don't even think there's intelligent life here. <laughs> what do you guys think? No. Well, no, I mean, after yeah, I, I, go ahead. Point, point well did, taken. Yes, go ahead. I, I'm not going to go down that road. I, <laughs> no, I Tim, actually, atheists have looked into this and Christians have looked into it. And despite the fact that there are stars equivalent to sand grains on 100,000 Earths, they think the conditions are so remote and so specific that, that are required for life. This is called the fine-tuning of the universe and also the, the, um, the idea that our solar system is designed in such a way so life could exist just here on Earth. They think those parameters are so extreme and so precise, it is unlikely there is biological life anywhere else in the universe. Is Fred? it possible? Of course it's possible. Is it likely? They say no. What do you think, Fred? Well, and I think there are proponents of, well, we have to keep looking uh, because that they believe that would prove that uh, there are conditions elsewhere, i.e. evolution, that allow life to exist. But I think Frank's exactly right. I don't think there is life as we know it anywhere else. You know, Fred, no, go ahead, sir. No, no, go ahead. Go. No, I was just going to say that uh, sometimes we, we hear scientists make the mistake of saying, oh, like, let's say Mars has water on it. Yeah. Okay. That is a necessary condition for life, but it's not a sufficient condition for life. No. Yeah. yeah there's so much more to life than just having water. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> they, they think, oh, if we found water, oh, that means life's... No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean there's life there. Right? You, there are so many other requirements you need for life than just the conditions for life. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, even on Mars, did they really find water, or they they think maybe? I don't know. I don't know if they have or yeah, not. Yeah, but, but but I mean, they almost make it seem like if we find water, we found life. No, that's not the right, case at all. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, well, next week when you're on, I, I do want to talk about. Uh, I do want to talk about evolution a little bit. 
Sure. Because uh, a lot of people say if you don't believe in Dar Darwinistic evolution, then you're, have we heard this expression before? You're against science. Yes. Uh, so I want to talk about that. Uh, so we'll, we'll, so Frank, you have a great week, my friend. We'll talk to you later. God bless you guys. See you. Okay. okay that's Dr. Frank Turek, T-U-R-E-K. We shall return momentarily with more of today's issues on AFR. Stay with us. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. My father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. Ooh. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? <laughs> Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. From Germantown, Tennessee, comes word of a weird story. Parents at two middle schools say their kids were asked to disclose their gender identity. The parents telling radio station KWAM their kids were queried in a math class at Houston Middle School and a social studies class at Riverdale School. The students were then told to journal about their gender identity. Alarmed parents lit up the radio station's telephone lines demanding to know whether or not the gender assignment was part of the official curriculum. So far, the school district not commenting. Since when is it the business of the public school to promote radical gender theories? If a teacher can't tell the difference between a boy and a girl, they don't belong in a classroom. You know, instead of teaching kids to add and subtract, the teachers are fomenting pronoun confusion. No wonder we can't get the proper change done at Walmart. I'm Todd Stearns. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand. Any who seek God. Psalm 14.2 American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. All right, so we're going to Israel in March. By we, I mean my wife Allison, my sons Walker and Wesley. And we're all leading our group to Israel in March 2023. So if that's something you've been wanting to do, uh, no, no more COVID shots. Uh, no more testing. All you need is a suitcase and a passport. All right. And a good attitude. <laughs> All right. Don't bring a bad attitude. Don't, don't sign up. It's a long flight. It's a long flight. <laughs> and, and other people, we don't need that negativity. Okay. We're, we're going to enjoy our trip. So we're going in March. And if you want to go with us, uh, at least look into going with us. Uh, we, Go to this website, twholyland.com. Twholyland.com, twholyland.com. We're going from uh, New York to Tel Aviv and get off the bus, uh, get on the bus rather, in uh, Tel Aviv at the airport. Bus to Jerusalem for our hotel to go to our hotel and then thus the, the uh, touring begins the next morning. And then we go all around. The beautiful country of Israel, the Holy Land, the land where the Bible comes alive. So there you go. If you want to go with us, uh, check it out, twholyland.com, twholyland.com. Uh, Ray with uh, Ray Pritchard with us, with uh, Fred and Chris, and I'm Tim Wildman, and you're listening to American Family Radio. One other question I had, uh, we were talking to Frank Turek about space and the universe and the heavens and so forth what the Bible calls the heavens. Ray, I had a question. Does the, does the, I don't mean to harp on this topic, but I am curious what the Bible says. Does the Bible say anything about life outside of earth? Does it leave the question unanswered or should we presume that there is not, that the Bible would preclude that from being so? I think I would take the middle choice of the one you just gave me. I don't think the Bible explicitly says that there is or isn't life on Jupiter or Saturn, Mars or Neptune. Or way out less. there, anywhere way out there. Go ahead. Yeah. Right, right. Much less. I mean, if you think about what Frank was saying, trillions of miles to the to the next star. And then he said, that's just our galaxy, right? The Milky Way galaxy. And then there's untold numbers out there. I don't even know how we would begin to answer I the know. question. Other than to say the Bible does not, as far as I can see, does not specifically address that issue. Uh, the only the only life the Bible talks about is the life of God in heaven and then the life of everyone on planet Earth. And there is a mystery about the rest of it. Fred, how would you answer that question? Well, uh, you did a good Bert Harper there. Yeah, 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 that's you right. Just, you just pitched it right over pitch, to, pitch to pitch Alex. Yes. Alex, uh I got no, a hard no. question. I don't really want to answer too much. You take it. Well, now, I'm not saying Ray avoided the question. I'm mm-hmm. and I, Bert doesn't either. It's just funny the way Bert. No, well, does it. It, well go it, ahead, Fred. Ray is factual. I mean, the yeah. Bible doesn't say either way. Okay. But I have to think that if if God created life as we know it on other planets somewhere in some other galaxy, that somehow that you know that the people that God inspired to give us the Bible 
may have mentioned that in a verse somewhere that uh there is you know i'm i'm creating other earths somewhere and other people somewhere and there's just no mention of that whatsoever there's no way to know there's no way to know there is no mention of it so there's no no mention of it Mm -hmm. and uh what it does say is just to quote john three say for god so loved the world very specific about it so is earth the world yes same thing yes for god so loved the world the world would encompass the people on this on this planet i i would think if there were other planets he would say if god so loved all those he created everywhere or something of that nature but he was so specific and, and we're left with what frank said there's no sign of intelligent life anywhere else in the universe and very little sign of it here on Earth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Great. Well, uh, I just always wondered, you know, mm-hmm. the vastness, like Frank right. described part of it, of, of the, well, the universe, uh, I need to go back to my seventh grade science class. The universe, uh, what's the difference between a universe and a galaxy? A galaxy is a, is a neighborhood within the big right. city That's of right. the universe. Okay. That's okay. all. Okay. You just think about this and you look at this and then we're getting these visuals back from the uh, new um not the James the James Webb, not mm-hmm. the Hubble but the the, the web. Yeah, yeah the you're web. getting these yeah. and and they're, you they're just, beautiful. Yes. Stunning. Spectacular. I mean, yeah. mesmerizing and you just I mean, I think to myself, wonder what it's is anything else out there? Yeah. Because Look at all this, you know, look at all this. You just, of course, we'll never know, but, and it doesn't really matter. There's and, a flip side to that yeah, too. Go, go ahead. You know, when we first got the pictures, uh, when the uh, Apollo program went to the moon and they turned the cameras around and they looked at earth, I was struck with, we're, we're a speck. Mm-hmm. We're a speck in the galaxy, let alone the universe. But God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to this earth because he loved us so much that he wanted his people saved. Amen. Well, the other thing is, as far as uh, uh, that, you're talking about spiritual life, there's spiritual death, spiritual life. And if you want spiritual life, that is life eternal, life everlasting. Once you die, because the Bible says when we die, we go to heaven or hell. Yeah. There's the judgment the Bible talks about, right? Yeah. I mean, right. You don't believe that? That's up to you. But we're just telling you what the Bible says and what Jesus says. Jesus came to earth to show us how to live, yes, but he also came primarily to die for the sins of all of us. Yeah. So you might ask, Ray, uh, why did Jesus have to die for our sins? Uh, Because there is a consequence eternally for our souls. Am I right? Ray, isn't that what the Bible teaches? Okay. A hundred percent that Jesus came because we blew it. God created man in his own image, put him in a perfect environment, the garden of Eden. And even in a perfect environment, Eve grabbed the fruit, ate it, gave it to Adam. He ate and sin entered the human bloodstream, the human DNA. We'll say it that way. Okay. That when, when Adam fell, all humanity fell with him. And basically that ever since the garden of Eden, Mankind has been going down, 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 down morally and spiritually. And I I think of it this way. 
Romans 3.23, that famous verse, for all have sinned. You know, right before that little phrase that says, uh, for there is no difference. There's no difference between old and young, rich and poor, American, Mexican, Bolivian, Bengali. doesn't matter. All the races, all the people of the earth, all the skin colors, we, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, Tim, I think of it this way. Uh, I think of all of humanity is in a great big boat. All the 8 billion people in the world, right? We're all in the boat. And then there's a problem. The boat has sprung leaks everywhere, and the boat is going down. I mean, the whole boat of humanity is about to sink and be destroyed. And if God doesn't do something, we're all going down to the bottom together. And the good news of the gospel is God did something. He sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who succeeded where we failed. He was just while we were unjust. He was righteous while we were unrighteous. He died for us. He rose from the dead so that anybody, anywhere, anytime can be saved. So the good news of the gospel is we were all sinking. You know, like the old gospel song, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Remember, we don't sing that anymore. It's a yeah. good Sunday night gospel song. <laughs> Let me ask you well, so, one, one other, yeah. other question. If Fred wants to talk about this. When you say, uh, and when Christians say uh, saved, I mentioned this early in the program. I said my dad got saved right. at a 1951 Billy Graham crusade in Memphis, Memphis Tennessee. You used that term just a few minutes ago, and I know for people who've been Christians a long time, they know exactly what we're talking about, but maybe there are people listening going, saved from what? What are you, what are you guys talking about, Ray? So when you use the word saved, we're saved Jesus saves, what, saved from what? We are saved from the just penalty of God's wrath. We have sinned. We have fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is what? It is death. And through Jesus Christ, we are saved. We are forgiven. We are justified. We are made right with God. God has thrown us. I'm back to that, that lifeboat or the, the sinking ship. God has thrown us. Uh, a life preserver to the whole human race. When you come to Christ, your sins are forgiven. You're made right with God. You're seated spiritually with Christ in heaven. And you can know for sure, once you're saved, that if you should die tonight, you can know with certainty that though you die tonight, you will wake up at heaven because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Folks, we didn't talk about this in our story meeting this morning, but it's a great discussion. <laughs> We're talking about space. Jesus ascended up into heaven. Heaven is a real place. We are talking about what's out there in the universe. Mm. Heaven is a real place described in Revelation as very, very real. So where is that? Is it, uh, Ray, it's Daniel, is it Daniel chapter 9 where Daniel is praying and God sends a messenger? Is it uh, Gabriel? Daniel 10. Daniel 10. And somebody has figured out the time because he says to Daniel, the moment you start praying, I was sent from heaven. Somebody has timed Daniel's prayer, and it took just a few minutes for that angel to make it from heaven to Daniel. They've actually timed it. It's it's fascinating when you think of it. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Somewhere out there, there is that real place called heaven that we will spend eternity so there but is it's not a plan it's not a planet no it's there, but a, it, there it, is it, there is life out there 
Right. It's in the. It's in a, a different dimension. Would heaven would be a different dimension? Would it not be, Ray? Well, I mean, you don't Hebrews go. 12. You don't go five million miles and take a left and. <laughs> that's right. Down the galaxy's right. heaven, I mean, right? Go ahead. I'm that, sorry. Well, that's exactly right. Heaven. Everything Fred said is hundred percent right. Heaven's a real place, right? Right. right. We have Chicago, Memphis, right. Fort Lauderdale, Singapore. Real places. Heaven is a real place, but I like the way you said it. It's in another dimension, okay? Mm. Let me just add a word in here. Hebrews 12 says that in Jesus Christ, we have drawn near to heavenly reality. We've drawn near to the firstborn who enrolled in heaven, to the spirits of just men made perfect. We have, and, and that the, the Greek word there for drawn near means to come into the very presence. So I like to tell people, uh, don't think of heaven as 25 trillion miles away. It's another dimension. It's closer than we imagine. And uh, I think when we can, we ought to think, I've told grieving, grieving parents, grieving husbands and wives who've lost loved ones, but they knew the Lord. Don't think of your loved one as being trillions of miles away. Mm. It, there's like a gossamer veil between earth and heaven we're closer than we know and when jesus christ comes back that veil will be removed we shall see him face to face and those we have lost who knew the lord we shall be with them in the presence of christ forever anyway tim heaven is not far away mm. it has come near to us in jesus christ all yeah. right what would you uh maybe there's people listening to us right now and they <clears throat> They're finally understanding a little bit of what those crazy Christians uh, are talking about because we've been discussing basic Christianity for the last few minutes. Uh, what would people need to? What, what would they need to do? What's an introductory reading, Ray, on on uh, on this? Well, let, let me answer my own question, then you go ahead. I would say, Tim, I'm, Tim, I'm glad you asked. I would say you need to go to the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Go to John. Start there. Start with John. Okay. You agree with that? Right? Yes, 100%. Okay. Start with John. So if you're listening to this and you want to know what we're talking about, can you not give yourself an hour to, to investigate what Jesus Christ said? I mean, the most influential figure in human history. Uh, go read for yourself. Instead of, yes, you can listen to us, but go read go read it for yourself. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those four Gospels. Uh, read John, start with John. And then, Ray, you have, your ministry, you have uh, some resources, true? Sure. If you come to keepbelieving.com, uh, you'll see on there uh, a great many sermons and Bible studies that explain how you can know the Lord. And I written a book that uh, has gone out in a, over a million copies, a Moody Publishing from Moody Publishers up in Chicago called An Anchor for the Soul, which at AF, AFA we've given away before to friends of this ministry. And it's just uh, how to go to heaven in Walmart English, how to go to heaven for people who uh, maybe don't go to church and don't read the Bible, but they want to know uh, how they can know the Lord. Right. Uh, Chris, when did you come to know Christ? 2010. Okay. I was 28 years old, and uh, I had somebody tell me that uh, I was, through the conversation about uh, salvation and whatnot, I had somebody witness to me 
uh, and and tell me that I was not saved and I needed to get that settled. And that, that man is that, none other than Fred Jackson. Oh, is that right? Oh, yes. Did that offend you? Oh, no. It's a great story. It's it's literally, I mean, it's. I, I love to tell the story. I, I've shared it with churches and other stuff that I've uh, been invited to speak with and, and things of that well, sort. Tell, yeah. it to, tell us. Yeah, so basically... Uh, in, in 2010, 29, 2010, or 2009, 2010, I was, I was looking for a job, uh, and, um, I was, uh, I had actually at the invitation of somebody had sent my information to here, uh, at AFR and, uh, I grew up in church, but I was more or less going through the motions, uh, to please my parents, uh, one of which, uh, worked for a church, served a church. And, um, I never really paid that much attention to it. Again, I was just kind of going through the ropes and, um, through the conversation with Fred about a, a possible job here, uh, Fred took time out of kind of the interview to help me see that I was not saved and said, you know, you need to get that settled first and foremost before we even talk about a job. Uh, and so I, I went home and I, I had a lot of drives back and forth between um, Tupelo and Birmingham where I lived at the moment. So it was kind of my road to Damascus moment, except I was going to Birmingham. Road to Birmingham. Road to Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I really thought about it, prayed about it for a couple of weeks. And finally, on a Tuesday morning in the spring of 2010 in Calera, Alabama, which is in the uh, Birmingham area, I bowed my head and told the Lord I was a sinner and I needed to be saved. And I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I've written about this before. I'll share the link here in a second. Um, but I wrote it. So you remember where this. you were? Oh yeah. You were by yourself? I was, it was a Tuesday morning. Uh, I don't know the exact date. I tried to go find the email to let Fred know, uh, the decision that I had made. Uh, and it was somewhere late April, I would say early May. Wow. And so even today you guys both wear plaid shirts on the same day. Oh yeah. We coordinate. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> I just can't get into the hockey though. But I'm, you know, he's praying that I, you know, come well, around and yeah. So you remember Chris coming over for a, a job interview? And oh yeah, we went to a local coffee shop and mm -hmm. uh, we sat down and we talked and and uh, I'm going to share the link here in a second. Just kind of in the conversation, right. I kind of detected that he had never right. really had a religious background, as Chris said, but he had never really taken that step to trust in Jesus Christ. Yeah, and uh, so we had that discussion. Well, being religious and being a born again Christian are two different things. two different things. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. Now you can be a religious person and be a born again mm -hmm. uh, believer, but you can also be somebody, as Chris said, who just goes through the religious motions. Mm -hmm. and, oh, sure. But, I mean, but, I knew things about the Bible. I knew hymns. I right. went to church. But you, you know. never personally surrendered your life no, to. Jesus, right? Correct. All right, you're listening to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. I'm Tim with Fred and Chris and um, uh, Ray Pritchard, and we thank you for listening. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Well, joining us in studio right now is M.D. Perkins, who's on staff with us here at AFA. And uh, good morning, brother. Morning. How good you to doing? Be with y'all. I'm all right. <laughs> You've been listening to what we're talking about, right? Yes, sir. When, when did when did you personally come to know Christ? I came to know Christ when I was in high school. I grew up, you know, similar background. Grew up in the church and uh, was just I was always a moral kid, but I didn't really, you know, love the Lord and really want to want to follow Him until uh, the Lord got a hold of me one night in high school. What happened? Um, I just felt the weight of conviction that I was a sinner. That, um, that I was in need of God's grace and that Christ had 
died for my sins personally. And that I could, all of those religious songs that I had sung, that all of those words actually had meaning and weight to them in a way that they'd never had for me before. And, um, you know, I just realized that what the Lord was, was calling. And, um, mm, so, wow. That was how many years ago? Yeah, that was, uh, I would have been like 16. You didn't mention how old you are now. <laughs> right. So it would have been like 1999. Okay. <laughs> just so so what, is, what is the expression, God doesn't have any grandchildren? What does that mean? Well, I think it means, <clears throat> when most people use that phrase, what they mean is that you cannot, you're not born into God's kingdom because you're the son or daughter physically of somebody who is a true believer that it doesn't matter if your parents or grandparents were members of the church, sing in the choir, led a small group, taught Sunday school, all the rest. Hey, that's wonderful. That's great. But you're not going to go to heaven on their coattails. You have to do what we've been talking about personally. Trust in Jesus Christ. Come to the place where you, as we just heard, where God speaks, God draws you by his spirit, opens your heart, and you believe, you understand that Jesus died for you. So in that sense, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children who come to him through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, by the way, MD will be with us. Uh, you're going to stay over yeah. the next hour because we got a topic. Uh, we want to talk to you about your new book, which is our new book here too at AFA, uh, uh, which we're going to discuss uh, coming up at, at 11.05 Central Time. Here on American Family Radio, uh, Fred, your your uh, your your mom, your dad uh, led you to the Lord. Boy, I, I'm just uh, amazed at the similarity of testimonies. Yeah, uh, and uh, I was sharing with Abe on his program not too long ago. Yeah, I grew up in a Baptist church, uh, in Nova Scotia, in Nova Scotia, Calvary Baptist Church. Now, was this a Southern or a way way Northern? Baptist Church. Uh, way, way northern. <laughs> way northern. The frozen chosen. There, there's yes. northern, and then there's Nova Scotia. <laughs> I, I will let you know, so far north, that yeah. in the wintertime, right. if you had to get baptized, they cut a hole in the ice. <laughs> <laughs> that far north. Uh, but no, I you know, I was one of those, yeah, every right. time the, the doors of the church were open right. as a kid, youth choir, and, and all of that. And when I was eight years old, it, it was people went forward. So, okay, that's the routine at this church. You go forward, you could become a member of the church. And, uh, you know, a group of the young people did that. But then when I was 13 years of age, uh, an evangelist came to our church, Arthur Eddy was his name. And he preached the gospel that night. And that night, much like MD is talking about, uh, I understood that I had a sin penalty that I had to deal with, but that I couldn't deal with it through being good. I had to trust Jesus Christ as my personal Savior because only he could pay the price for my sin. And I had to make it personal. I had knowledge of this, but I had never made it personal. And so uh, that night, I mean, the conviction was so real. That time when I went forward, it was for real. And uh, I let the preacher know that what had happened in the past, it was just a routine, but I wanted to make it real. I wanted to make that relationship real. Here's what's uh, another interesting. Uh, many, many years later, when I met my wife-to-be, we found out that we had similar testimonies. We had been baptized as kids, 
and we both decided we needed to get baptized on the right side of our salvation. So many years later, after first year of marriage, we got baptized in a lake in Nova Scotia, fortunately in the summertime. We didn't have to cut a hole in the ice. Right. Yeah. But uh, I find it just fascinating. Yeah. We had religious backgrounds, but boy, if there's a message going out here today, religious backgrounds, that's not your salvation. You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What about, uh, Ray, when uh, Fred mentioned about being good? I thought I thought that's what Christianity is, is being good. Well, are we supposed to be good? Hey, back to the Bible, Romans 3.10. There is no one who does good, no, not one. Now, in terms of the way humans think about it, yeah, there are some people who are better and some people that are worse, but compared to the perfection of God Almighty, we are all, not just sinners, Tim, we are all wretched sinners and no one of us can do anything in the least to gain salvation you either people say they believe in free grace yeah that's right but if it because that's the only kind of grace there is tim if it's not free it's not grace we are in such terrible trouble that if god doesn't save us we will never be saved but our goodness if you will are that by that i mean our desire to behave in a way sure. that, that honors God, right? Holiness, righteousness, right. clean living. Those things are are certainly things that we should strive for, but we but that doesn't save us, but we, we should uh, we should act on the Bible post salvation, I guess I should say. Okay. Well and, and if we want to talk about that's another whole topic, but okay. yes. For those who know Jesus Christ, we are called by God to walk in righteousness because we have been given the righteousness right. of Jesus Christ. What God demands, He supplies in the we, person of His Son. We want to we want to please our heavenly Father with our actions because yes. of what He's done for us. Correct. That's right. Right. Yes. Exactly right. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So we're going to come back uh, in five minutes and and talk to M.D. Perkins. Uh, we've got a, a book uh, and a topic we need to discuss that you need to be aware of. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.